2024 will be pivotal for the global food service industry. From over 1,300 cities and 130 countries, we bring you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at PK Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. In line with a tradition spanning over three decades, the Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi is making the annual African tour. The minister has visited four African countries in North and West Africa. Security has been the focal point of this year's tour with the aim of bolstering Chinese influence on the continent, promoting cooperation and development. Ondir Oganga joins us to discuss the tour and the outlook of Chinese investment on the continent. During the press briefing in Egypt, the tension in the Middle East with Israel and Palestine war and the Red Sea took center stage. Bring us up to speed. Thank you, Ruth. The war between Israel and Palestine took center stage of these conversations because Egypt is playing a conflict mediator and peace broke a role between the two countries. And they're also very important in ensuring that that conflict does not spill over into the African continent. Looking at the tension in the Red Sea, again, the Swiss Canal is very, very instrumental for China because it's a key transportation point for the Belt and Road Initiative. And again, Chinese companies have invested a total of eight billion US dollars into the Swiss Canal economic zone. So this is why it was very important for Egypt and China to have a conversation and China to almost fortify its position in Egypt. What does Tunisia hope to gain from the trip by the minister? Tunisia has a lot to gain from this trip. If we zoom in on a sector like tourism, they've been trying to build up the sector and attract more tourists, particularly Chinese tourists. They went ahead last year to remove all visa restrictions for Chinese visitors. And they also um, are working towards having direct air link between Tunisia and China in a bid to increase Chinese arrivals in the country. Tourism is an integral part of the Tunisian economy. It contributes about 5% of the GDP and provides so many local jobs. So that is one of the sectors that they're hoping to build. But during the press conference, what also came out very strongly is they're looking to continue fostering the diplomatic relations. They celebrated 60 years of relations between the two countries by launching a diplomatic academy. Looking at West Africa, military coups have been rampant in the region. How did the security conversation take shape? Security is a very important conversation, particularly when you look at West Africa. There have been at least eight coups in the last three years, and this is not a good indication. So picking countries like Ivory Coast and Togo, who have some form of stability, is very key in driving that peace agenda. Again, um, Francophone is losing its influence in West Africa, and China sees a gap that they can comfortably come in and fill. One of the other reasons why security is very important is because of the nature of investments that China is making in West Africa. If we look at Ivory Coast, they have invested a total of $7.5 billion in terms of infrastructure. They've built roads, opening up the northern part of Ivory Coast, which is majorly the agricultural area. They have worked on the port of Abidjan. They've worked in renovating and modernizing some of the terminals at the port. And all this is in a bid to make Ivory Coast one of their key transport and logistics hub in Africa. So they need to safeguard those interests. Walk us through the outlook of Chinese investment in Africa this year. This year, China is reawakening its investment appetite in Africa. We understand that they're going to be lending money to African markets, but they're going to do things a little bit differently. They're going to gravitate towards countries that are not heavily indebted to them. And they're going to invest in um, areas of renewable energy, 
energy, natural oil and gas because of the growing demand back at home. Let us not forget that in 2016, China lent a total of $30 billion, which is a record high. But then again, from this lending, Angola is heavily indebted to them. Ethiopia, Zambia and Ghana have defaulted on some of the debt it owes China under the G20 framework, and they are in the process of restructuring it. So um, Chinese lending and Chinese growth and development of the African continent has come with its ups, but it has also come with its downs. Other areas that they'll be looking at is bilateral trade, growing it from the current $300 million. And then again, tourism outside of North Africa, Kenya, South Africa and Seychelles will be looking to tap into Chinese arrivals. And a quick look at the market. The markets are going to spot by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. The Nigeria Stock Exchange or Share Index increased to another all-time high of 96,251 index points. Over the past four weeks, the Nigeria Stock Exchange or Share Index has gained 28.8%, and in the last 12 months, it has increased by 79.75%. Meanwhile, the Johannesburg Stock Exchange or Share Index was slightly down around 72,365 on Monday as traders continued to assess the outlook for interest rates while also monitoring the ongoing earnings season domestically, while eyes turn to the release of inflation data and the South African Reserve Bank's first rate decision of the year due this week. On the corporate front, resource-linked stocks and tech companies were among the worst performers. Oil eased around 73 US dollars per barrel on Monday, giving some gains from last week as production from Libya's largest oil field resumed following a three-week stoppage caused by political protests. Libya's National Oil Corps announced on Sunday the lifting of force majeure and the resumption of full production from Al-Sharar oil field, which is capable of producing up to 300,000 barrels per day. Meanwhile, investors remain cautious about risks of supply disruptions in the Middle East as healthy attacks on Red Sea shipping continues. A U.S. official said it will take time for military intervention to deter the assaults in the area. On the demand side, both the IEA and OPEC recently projected robust global oil demand growth this year due to strong fundamentals. And a quick trip around Africa. African central banks due to decide on interest rates in the next three weeks are poised to maintain tight monetary policies in contrast to their emerging market peers in Europe and Latin America who have started cutting. In the biggest economies of Egypt, Nigeria, South Africa, Kenya and Angola are set to keep interest rates higher for longer until at least the second half of the year as they battle persistent inflation and weigh up risks from weaker currencies and geopolitical tensions in the Middle East and escalation in tensions in the oil-rich region could cause gasoline prices to surge. Freight costs are already spiking due to shipping reroutes around Africa because of attacks by Houthi militants on vessels in the Bab al-Mandeb Strait, part of the passage from the Indian Ocean to the Suez Canal in normal times, the route accounts for more than a tenth of the maritime global trade. Smaller economies such as Ghana and Mozambique may loosen up their monetary policy in the first half of 2024, as they have some of the highest real rates in the world when adjusted for inflation. The year 2024 will be pivotal for the global food service industry with major shifts in sustainability, Customer preference and technology expected to impact the operations of restaurants, hotels and other types of diners. The impact will be felt more strongly in developing worlds where urbanization and exposure to global trends are driving a growth preference for restaurant dining and the adoption of digital food service channels. According to virtual market research, Middle East and Africa fast food market, which is currently valued at $38.8 billion, is expected to reach 
$64.4 billion by 2030, with a projected growth rate of 9.2% from 2024 to 2030. Such expansion highlights the importance of food service industry in the continent's economic and food security prospects, as demand for casual dining and other restaurant products spreads across Africa, which is currently experiencing significant growth in the restaurant industry. Players are expected to adapt to several transformations to remain competitive. Among these anticipated changes is the greater emphasis on sustainability, with consumers becoming more conscious of their environmental footprint and demanding more eco-friendly practices from the businesses they patronize. This shift necessitates the adoption of sustainable sourcing practices, the reduction of food waste, and the elimination of single-use plastics. In light of this, establishments that demonstrate a strong commitment to sustainability are more likely to attract and retain environmentally conscious customers. From an operational standpoint, technology integration is poised to reshape how customers integrate with the food service industry. Technology will continue to streamline operations and improve the overall dining experience from mobile ordering and contactless payments to AI-powered menu recommendations. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have suggestions or want to check out more stories, visit the website, that's thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at The Dome.